Understanding Childhood Cancer. I'm Dr. Jeff, and this is my podcast. It's mostly for parents of children with cancer or leukemia, but it's also for anyone else who's involved in caring for children with cancer or leukemia. Uh, that's right. So, Jeff McCowage is my name. I'm a paediatric oncologist at the Children's Hospital here in Westmead, which is in Sydney, Australia. And today I want to talk about blood cultures. Blood cultures. Blood cultures are a particular test that we do, and we do a lot of blood cultures looking for infection in children that are being treated for cancer and leukaemia. You might wonder, why am I talking about infection in a podcast that's all about cancer and leukaemia? Well, the reason is that children who are on chemotherapy for cancer end up sometimes, often, with an impaired immune system. Their ability to fight infections and bacteria in particular is affected by the chemotherapy drugs and the cancer sometimes. And so their capacity to fight infections is not as good as it should be And indeed, it can be very seriously impaired. And one of the big problems then that we see after chemotherapy is the development of infections. And sometimes these are infections that just happen spontaneously and bacteria get into the system and cause high fevers and can make a child very, very sick indeed. And so we spend an awful lot of our time in a children's cancer unit treating infections which are brought on as a side effect of the chemotherapy. And in particular, we are always very concerned about whether a child, particularly with a fever or feeling sick in some other way, might have bacteria in the blood. And that's where blood cultures come in. And since parents will see these blood samples being taken all the time, often at funny times of the day or night, Uh, for blood cultures, I thought it might be useful for you to know what is a blood culture. And that's what I want to talk about today. First of all, I should explain what cultures are in general. When we talk about bacterial cultures in general, uh, what are we talking about? Let's take an example. For instance, somebody who cut their foot, stepped on a rusty nail and got an infection in their foot. And suppose it's a quite a bad infection and the skin is all red and it's forming an abscess and there's you know an abscess has got you know yellow gooey pussy stuff inside it well we would like to know what is the actual germ that's infecting the foot what germ has got in via the nail into the foot and caused the infection and we want to know what the infection is because if we have to give antibiotics it's best to know What particular bacteria is causing that infection? We can give antibiotics that cover all sorts of different bacteria, but if we know the actual bacteria, then we can pick the antibiotic more accurately and be sure that it's going to be an active antibiotic to fix up that person's foot. What we do then is get a sample of that pussy gooey stuff from the abscess in the foot, and we put it on a sterile swab, and we send it to the microbiology lab or the bacteriology lab, and then they can test it to try to work out what is the bacteria in the foot. 
And what they do in particular is first they wipe that swab on a microscope slide and they can look at the slide with a microscope and they might be able to see the bacteria that are there. And they may be able to tell you what sort of bacteria it is just from the appearances with the microscope. They might be little round ones called cocci or they might be little rectangular ones called rods and they might have a pretty good guess what bacteria it is just by looking at it with a microscope. The next thing they'll do is wipe the swab on something called culture medium. Culture medium. It might be a little you know, plate that's got this stuff on it called culture medium. And culture medium is basically this concoction that bacteria really like. And if you put them on it, they just grow and grow and grow and grow. And that's why it's called a culture. We're culturing the germs. We're making them grow so that we've got so many of the germs that then it's easier to work out what particular germ it is, what particular bacteria it is, and all sorts of other tests can be done in the lab to see what bacteria it is, and then tests can be done to work out which antibiotic works against that bacteria. Once they've got the bacteria growing on their culture plates, they can throw in little samples of the different antibiotics and see which ones kill the bacteria the best. And so they might come back with a report saying that the infection in the foot is a staphylococcus, golden staphylococcus. And then they might say, if you just give penicillin, it won't work. But if you give flucloxacillin, it will work. And if you give some other antibiotic, it won't work. And they can tell you which antibiotic to give that will fairly reliably cover the germ in the foot. So that's called a culture. And we're doing these cultures all the time in medicine, trying to work out what's the particular bacteria that's causing an infection. So someone with a urinary infection, a UTI, urine infection, will send a urine sample. And that'll go to the lab and they'll look at it with the microscope and they'll set up the culture. And then a day or two later, they'll say what bacteria it is. And then maybe a day after that, they'll tell you what it's sensitive to and what antibiotic you can use. That's a urine culture. And we can culture any body fluid we like, you know, urine, uh, pus on the foot, spinal fluid, an eye swab, an ear swab, a nasal swab, a mouth swab. You can take samples from anywhere, put them in the culture medium, make the bacteria grow to the point where we can work out what's there and then work out which antibiotics are going to be effective against that bacteria. But today the specific topic is cultures of the blood blood culture. And there's a few things that are a bit different when we talk about blood culture compared to a culture of any other part of the body like that guy with the infected foot. The first thing to say is that people with bacteria in their blood are usually much sicker than people with a lot of other infections. The person with the abscess on the foot might feel terrible and his foot might be very painful and he may have high fevers. But if it stays localised in the foot, he mightn't be as sick. But if those bacteria then get into the bloodstream, and particularly if they get into the bloodstream in a high amount, well then, then the patient can become very sick and they might have much higher fevers and that's a condition called bacteremia, bacteria in the blood, bacteremia, 
And if they're even sicker because the bacteria are making them so sick, well, that's what you call septicemia. Septicemia is uh, a bloodstream infection with bacteria. And that's really dangerous. That's a, that's a situation where the patient can become really very sick indeed and end up in the intensive care unit and desperately unwell. So bacteria in the blood, very serious situation. And in particular, bacteria in the blood, when you don't have an immune system to fight off the bacteria, that's a very dangerous situation. And that's why we in children's cancer units are always going on about fevers and the need to tell us if there's a fever. We want to get antibiotics started to kill these bacteria before the child becomes very unwell with septicemia. The next thing to say about blood cultures, remember how I said we could send a sample down to the lab and uh, look at it with a microscope and see if we can see bacteria on a microscope slide from the urine sample or the foot swab or something. Well, that doesn't usually work with blood. Usually people, even with advanced septicemia, don't have so many bacteria in the blood that you can just spot them on a microscope slide. That would be pretty rare and that person would be incredibly sick. If you can see bacteria in a blood slide, that's a person who would be very sick indeed. What we need to do usually to find bacteria in the blood is that blood culture. And what we do then is take a blood sample... We have to take it uh, being very, very careful not to contaminate the sample in any way. So we have to make sure that if we're taking it from a vein that the skin is uh, very cleaned and any bacteria just on the skin are killed. And then we take our sample from the vein and put it into the blood culture bottles. Most of the time in a children's cancer unit, the children have a central line and we're taking the blood culture from the central line but again, we want to take that in a very sterile fashion. Lots of precautions to stop any bacteria that are just on the, you know, on the plug at the end of the line or something from getting into the system. We want to see if the bacteria are really in the blood, not just on the plastic on the outside of the line. So we take a sample of blood from the central line or from a vein and we put it in the blood culture bottles. The blood culture bottles are these special bottles that have a liquid in them and that's that culture medium. That's something that bacteria really like and the bacteria feed off it and they multiply and multiply and grow and grow and grow. So if there's just a tiny amount of bacteria in the blood, then they'll multiply to the point where now we can detect that they're there and prove that there were bacteria in the blood and then identify what the bacteria is and then work out what the right antibiotic is to treat the bacteria. So again, the level of bacteria in the bloodstream is usually too low just to spot it with a microscope. We have to put a, a, a sample of blood in these tubes and let the bacteria multiply for 24 or 48 or 72 hours until there's so many of them there that we can say, yes, look, that bottle's got an infection in it and then we can work out what the bacteria is. Now, when do we take samples for blood culturing? When do we take these blood culture samples? 
Usually we're taking blood cultures in a child who has a fever, a temperature above about 38 degrees or 38.5 degrees Celsius. Once we see a fever like that, then just about all the time we will want to do a blood culture on any child who's on chemotherapy. And remember that's partly because they have an impaired immune system, so they're sort of prone to getting bacteria in the blood, whereas normal kids wouldn't. And also it's because they have a central line. Remember, a central line is a plastic tube that's straight into the bloodstream. Well, even though we try very, very hard to avoid any uh, central line infection or germs getting into the bloodstream from a central line, it still can happen. And so whenever uh, our children that are on chemotherapy for cancer, leukaemia, or who have a central line, whenever they get a fever, we need to see them straight away, even at 2 o'clock in the morning, even if they look perfectly well otherwise. And one of the things we'll be doing every time we'll be taking this blood culture This is to see if we can find if there are bacteria in the blood. And one of the things about it is we want to take the blood culture at the time they have the fever. Fevers typically go up and down and up and down. Well, you're more likely to find the bacteria in the bloodstream at the time of the fever or maybe just before the fever, but you can't take it just before the fever because you don't know there's going to be a fever. Anyway, that's when we like to take the blood sample, and that's why we end up taking blood cultures at all times of day and night. It might be that we already did a set of blood samples that morning. Uh, Let's say it's Tuesday morning, and then the child gets a fever at 8 o'clock that night. Well, we have to take another blood sample now just for the blood culture. And parents are saying, ah, but we already had blood tests today. Why do we need more blood tests? Well, it's because that's our uh, particular time to go looking for a bacteria in the blood, that time when there's a fever. The next thing to say is that it's a very significant finding if we find bacteria in the blood. Remember I said that bacteremia can develop into septicemia. Both of those are a much more serious infection than... Uh, just an infection, let's say, on a spot of skin or maybe an ear infection, something like that, a bit of tonsillitis. Bacteria in the blood is a much more serious situation and we really want to know if it's present. If there are bacteria in the blood, we want to know about it because we're going to start our intravenous antibiotics anyway. But if we find bacteria in the blood, we're likely to want to continue those antibiotics for several days to really make sure we eradicate the infection completely. For instance, if we see someone uh, with a fever and we take this blood culture test and it comes back positive, we pretty much always commit to giving a full seven days of intravenous antibiotics in hospital just to make sure that we really eradicate that infection uh, from the bloodstream and from the body completely. So it's a very important thing to find a positive blood culture and it makes us be extra aggressive in treating for infection. Next thing to say is if we take a blood culture, we don't get a result straight away, obviously. Uh, We may get a blood culture that turns positive within a matter of several hours, but often it's 24 or 48 hours that we have to wait to find a positive blood culture, to find a bacteria in the blood. And really, we wouldn't be confident that it's negative until... Well, really, at least 48 hours and maybe 72 hours, blood cultures can come up positive after 72 hours or more. 
And so typically we find ourselves treating for infection while we wait for this blood culture result to come back, and that might be 48 hours, and then we can say, well, they've got negative blood cultures, and if the fever's gone and if everything else is all right, well, maybe we can look at how long do we have to continue the antibiotics. But if we find a positive blood culture, well, we're looking at several days of antibiotics. A couple of more things to say about blood cultures. One is that in children who have a central line in place, sometimes we get a positive blood culture, but it's from the plastic on the inside of the central line. So like I said, we try very hard to keep central lines clean and sterile and free of infection, but occasionally a bacteria gets to the inside of the plastic. And then when we take a blood sample, all the blood goes through that tube and an infection on the inside of the plastic will come out and we'll find that in the blood culture. So in that situation, the bacteria might not have been in their blood, you know, circulating through the body. It might only have been on the plastic. But it's a bit hard to prove that it wasn't in the blood, but it was only on the plastic. One way to do that is to take a sample from the central line and a sample from a vein at the same time. And if you only find it from the central line, but you don't find it from the vein, well, that might mean that it's an infection that's only on the plastic of the central line. But oftentimes it's hard to be sure. Was it uh, what we call a contaminant on the inside of the central line or was it a true bacteria in the bloodstream, a true bacteremia. And if there's any doubt about it, we will likely treat as though it was a true bacteria in the blood, bacteremia. The one where we find it on the plastic of the central line can be a problem because sometimes antibiotics won't work very well to clear out bacteria from a central line. Central line doesn't have a proper blood supply, if you know what I mean, and Sometimes all the antibiotics going through the central line for some reason still can't clear the bacteria from the central line. We tend to take some follow-up blood cultures. We have a positive blood culture. We're already on antibiotics and we continue the antibiotics. And we'll often take blood cultures each day for a few days to make sure that we have cleared the infection. Well, sometimes we find that we cannot clear the infection because it's on the plastic on the inside of the central line and in those circumstances, we may well have to end up pulling out the central line and putting in a new one, which is a bit of a problem. But if that's the only way to get rid of a source of bacteria, then that's what we have to do. Next thing to say is that I've been talking about bacteria mostly, but you can find other types of germs in the blood. I'll do an episode at some point about uh, viruses and bacteria and funguses and yeasts and molds and all the different sorts of germs that can cause an infection but uh, most of the time when we have a positive blood culture it's a bacteria of some sort that we've found but sometimes we can find a, a yeast like a candida candida's germ that causes thrush and that's a very important uh, source of infection in children on chemotherapy or we can find other sorts of fungal infections and other types of infections on these blood cultures. It's not really a way to look for a virus infection. Uh, viruses you look for in different ways. Anyway, that's what blood cultures are about. Just to summarise again, we typically are taking a blood sample for a blood culture in a child who has a fever or is sick in some other way. 
if we find a positive blood culture, and that might come back 24 or 48 hours later, well, we think of that as quite a significant event and something that suggests that there was a serious sort of infection taking place. Sometimes children have a high fever and a positive blood culture and they haven't really become very unwell yet and it might be that because we start the antibiotics we were able to nip it in the bud and and they can stabilise without becoming particularly unwell. But certain children with positive blood cultures are really very sick indeed and like I said, bacteria in the blood is a very serious thing to happen. We have to take the blood samples usually around the time of the fever and that's the time when we've got the best chance of finding an infection. The other thing I haven't mentioned is that the blood culture system isn't a perfect one. There are some bacteria that just don't show up in our blood cultures reliably. There are some children who really look unwell and with high fevers and we think they've got an infection in the blood but our blood cultures keep coming back negative and sometimes we just have to treat with antibiotics as though they do have a bloodstream infection even though we can't really prove it. You'll see a lot of blood cultures being taken usually from central lines, nurses taking blood cultures and all sorts of times of day because it really is important to know if a child with a fever on chemotherapy has a bloodstream infection, a bacteremia. We want to know that they've got it, we want to know what the bacteria is, and then we want to know what's the best antibiotic to treat that infection. Anyway, I think I'll leave it there. We can culture all sorts of tissues, urine, eye swabs, ear swabs, throat swabs, abscess swabs, all sorts of things. But today it was particular about blood cultures, and we take a lot of blood cultures. I'm Jeff McCowage, a paediatric oncologist at the Children's at Westmead, and I thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye now.